Hey everybody, it's Amber Love and you are listening to Vodka O'Clock from AmberUnmasked.com. And joining me today is my friend that's been on the show a couple of times before and my co-creator on other sorts of comic book things. We're, we're a pretty good team together. Thomas Boatwright is back. Yay. Hi. That sound you hear is everyone turning their podcast off. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's that guy again. We don't need. Not at all. No. Not at all. People love you. Oh, yay. So uh, we're going to be talking about Patreon today. So, uh, like, the changes that we're both doing with our Patreon, uh, you know, settings and everything. So that way, um, hopefully it makes more sense to you if you've wanted to sponsor any of the artists and creators, creative type of people that are on Patreon and you weren't sure what it is or, uh, you know, what it's like now. Because the site has um, improved and advanced from where it started. So um, I consider Thomas my expert in that since he's more experienced. (laughs) And we'll find out that that's not true. Yeah, yeah, so but, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just constantly scrambling to make money. It's like, oh, we could do this or we, we could do this thing, you know. Exactly. So, um, you know, hey, let's catch up. Hey. How, how, what what was your year been like for, for 2015? Uh, it's uh, recovering. Uh, 2013 was like, you know, my big, like, hey, I'm I'm doing a thing. I'm in comics and making a living at it. And then, like, my hand went out on me. And I think we've, we've you know, talked about that before and. How um, just I, I got kind of disgusted with the world of comics. Like that's not the way I wanted to go and hold that thing. So 2014 was the the rough year for me. It was like my dark year. <laughs> it literally just like I just staying in the dark. And 2015 uh, has been a lot better. I mean, coming back out, uh, finding out kind of who I am, what I want to be as an artist, um, rediscovering just you know why I liked doing what I do. So. That's it's been fun, and I've had a lot of people. Uh, the Patreon definitely has been a help in judging things of what I should be doing, stuff like that. Um, I've taken the the model of like a tip jar to heart uh, since then. Like all my appearances now, I do free sketches. So if you see me at a convention, you can get a free sketch from me. Uh, but I put a tip jar out because I I just like doing art for people, and I wish I could just give it away for free, all of it. Um, money is a scam. I don't understand it. <laughs> Finances in general. <laughs> but you can't, yeah, yeah. But you need to be able to tell the power company and the heating right. company. <laughs> I can't be like, you're just moving numbers around. There's no actual transactions happening here. You're it's just, yeah. you're taking a decimal away from me and giving it to you. It's, this is a scam. They, they turn your lights off. They don't care. Um, yeah. So anyway, what I do appearances like, you know, I've described as like, there's a lot of people who've always said, you should charge more for your art. And I'm like, well, you should pay me more. But I think we all laugh. But then, like, there's always little kids come up, and they're like, how much is a thing? And I'm like, well, it's, like, $5. And they get sad, and they walk away, and it looks like that. But when you do, like, free sketches, it's just, like, you just perform for everybody that comes by. They're like, what do you want? And I can make you happy. And kids throw in change. Uh, their parents will sometimes, you know, like, oh, thank you so much for talking to my kid for the last 10 minutes. Or some people just come by and say, hey, I like what you're doing. They throw money in the tip thing. So, it's 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 all evened out. It's like whatever you know. I would lose on a, like drawing a Batman for someone because it took too long. Um, I get to draw like something I would have never thought of for a kid, and it's you know it's, it's more satisfying in a way. Okay, well, one of the reasons that this ends up being kind of controversial is because people say you know you're, like you said your art is you know it's worth something. Your time is right. worth something. The the years that you've cultivated your own talent is is worth something. Um, 
And it's it's interesting because this goes back to my pre-comic book life. Um, I had a, a witchcraft teacher um, from Salem who actually told us, uh, because a lot of people would, um, you know, they, they get pedantic about about anybody charging for the time of getting your tarot cards read right. or you know putting a, a spell together for somebody it's like okay well when you go into a catholic church there are these candles that you can light for yourself and the priests that you can talk to for free but you know but it's really not it's a catholic church it's like the biggest uh, you know art collection and wealth reserve right, right, right. <laughs> you know that there is and you know sort of like the Koch brothers i mean let's face <laughs> it the, the vatican is pretty well funded so you know so when it came to witchcraft and, and and she said look you know there's no reason that your time isn't valuable you're taking 30 minutes to an hour to talk to somebody and you know that's how is that any different than sitting at a bar where you're going to be spending money at a bar, you know, or sitting at your hairdressers, you're going to be, you know, spending money at a hairdresser. So, you know, thinking that any kind of talent, no matter what that talent is, is worth something. Um, I like a tip system too, but the problem is, is I've been a person who's tried to work for tips and it's really, really hard. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, Um, it's definitely judging like working for tips or not, not working for free, but giving away on your own terms, I think. And it's, you know, that's totally, yeah. And so that's what brings it to be different. Like, as opposed to like when I was the world's worst waitress, right? (laughs) um, you know, making $2 an hour for somebody else and trying to make tips, you know, off of that was atrocious, but it was also their product, their building, Mm -hmm. their everything. So, um, but when we're talking about our creative outlets, it's about us and our team, and getting them paid. Oh yeah, definitely. And, yeah. And especially when it comes to things like self-publishing, um, you know, if you're an author publisher or uh, you know an artist and you're putting out your own your own books. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I won't work for free or just work for tips or the back end deal because back end deals are a lot. There is no such thing as like money on the back end. Um, yeah, I mean, we have some great success stories um, in comics, like. You know, things like Walking Dead and iZombie. Right. But, well, you know, when I... Rare. It's, it's so, so rare. rare. I, I was with a publisher and I was like, look, I'm, I'm killing myself for nothing. I was like, you you think Mignola and like Eric Powell, they get paid? No, they don't have page rates. It's all on the back end. It's like, that's because they're Eric Powell and Mike Mignola. They, they're past this, you know. They, they've yeah. already got paid from whoever back in the day and... They're 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 a different level than like me just drawing some book for you that I don't know if anyone will ever read. Yeah, I mean the fact that you know like people put them as you know like featured guests at comic cons or that they have special signing time. Yeah, they're they're famous enough they can like Scotty Young, uh, that dude. He wakes up in the morning, just draws wherever he wants, and sells of like two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's just like, and he he worked his way. He worked. Up, he worked his way. You know, he got in front of the people. He did. He gave the people what they wanted. You know, or not. You know, not pander to them, but you know, he he found a fan base, and so he so you you can't compare me or like another artist. I'm like you should just do like him. Just draw something. It's like, but I, I, nobody knows me. That's that's the thing. It's. And I'm curious though because Scotty Young is somebody who his his thing really took off because of his particular style and getting put on those Wizard of Oz books, right. 
And from there, it really, really exploded. I mean, people in comics knew who he was, but I mean, the explosion from those Wizard of Oz books. There, there, it's almost like you just got to get like boiled to the top. Like we're all at the yeah. bottom in the bottom of the soup and just like you just got to pop up and someone's like, hey, what's that? You know, and like. Right. Well, it's the thing. So my friend Ken Hazer, like, God bless the amount of patience that that man must have mm-hmm. because he got on the Grumpy Cat book. Oh, wow. Well, he's been doing basically years and years and years worth of free work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has his own creator own project with Buzz and Blair. They do the Living Corpse, and that's their baby. I okay, mean, yeah, the, yeah. You know, like their booth is, you know, it's amazing. They have a big li- Living Corpse, like, you know, statue where they actually put somebody in the outfit. Um, they have all different merch for the Living Corpse now and stuff, but that's like, that is their thing. Right. But unless you kind of were into the indie horror scene, especially the Jersey horror scene, mm-hmm. you would not know who the hell they were. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, but then so after years and years of free work doing things like the the sketch covers and stuff and just doing like one after another, first of all, his speed is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just doing years and years and years of free stuff and he gets put on, you know, he finally gets his way and gets enough enough respect from the publisher to get put on grumpy cat and now it's like grumpy cat selling like a hundred thousand copies and for pre-orders alone right you know it's it's you know and there's a lot of people on the on the book and on the project Mm. so it's cool but it's like hey i know that guy and i know he slaved away to get there yeah um, you know, hey, I don't know. Well, so, you know, you just gotta get you get the right person to say who you are. Um, I follow a lot of like the like internet critic guys, like Nostalgia Critic and uh, Cinema Style, those guys. And I saw them on a panel, and somebody asked him like, "What does it take to be an internet reviewer now?" And they were like, "I don't know how you would do it because we did it long before people had cameras." Is so, like the level of quality that you have to start with is so far beyond like what they started with. And they they mentioned uh, Red Letter Media, and they kind of went over when Simon Pegg uh, tweeted out or just shared like, hey, look at their Phantom Menace review. And from that, they've been able to build, you know, they've been putting the work in anyway. But, you know, from that notoriety, they they followed through with it and was like, here's what we're about as well. We would have been doing anyway, but now we have the uh, the following to make a living at it. I was, speaking of their Patreon, uh, they make theirs up to like 10 grand a little bit a month or something like that. That's unbelievable. And all they do is they 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 have like a warehouse in uh, Wisconsin, and they do like a little. Um, it, it's more like a, okay, a sitcom, but in between they do like current movie reviews, and um, they do shows like half and or half of the bag is the the internet review. Um, the best of the worst is when they pick three terrible movies and they watch them and then discuss them later. You know, it's but they all have like their little characters. They're very funny people. Like you're you're watching them because of them. And it's entertaining. Um, but yeah, it's almost like he was doing these Star Trek reviews the exact same way for a couple of years. And then he did the Star Wars one. And Simon Pegg was like, hey, this is perfect. And from there on out, I think everybody knew who they were. But then I think everybody knows who they are. But again, outside the circle, I could say Red Letter Media. And they're like, what are you talking about? It was like, yeah, I have no idea who they are. It's the, the Mr. Plinkett reviews and things like that. But to me, they're like my favorite. That's my channel. Like if I had a Seinfeld now, it would be the Red Letter Media guys. And that's kind of like the future like we live in of like, like I said before, other, you know, I got it from somewhere else. Just like you don't you don't you're not famous for 15 minutes now. You're famous to 15 people. You, you, you're, <laughs> you're the biggest thing in somebody's life because there are people who like think I'm somebody. They're like, hey, it's Thomas Boatwright. I love your work and everything. And they support me. And I'm like, 
why? <laughs> but I'm like, the, yeah, that's me. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I know. I, I don't understand. I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it's, it's a really, it's a cool feeling though, especially like uh, on Twitter when I start seeing other people interacting with you oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, like, Oh my gosh, you know her too. Okay. Or if like, or if I introduced you sort of like virtually introduced you to Claire Connolly, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you guys should know each other. And, and then it's like, hey, where'd he go? He's all with her now and making stuff. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, I I treat her just the same way as I treat you. Like, hey, we should do this thing and never do it. <laughs> uh, uh, it's time. It's time. It Better, it, stuff gets done. Um, Claire, Claire is hard to work with. Not hard to work with, but like she's just a machine. Like if you don't if you don't keep up with her, you know, she's, she's gone. <laughs> it's just like I'm not stopping. Yeah, that's she's she is. um extraordinarily yeah. fast from what I hear from other writers who have worked with And not even just fast, it's just the quality is just, she just won't stop. And I was like, oh. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, she she works with um, Eric Grissom, yeah. who's been on the show a bunch of times, Erica Schultz, and she works with her sister, Paige, uh, quite a bit, I believe. But even when she does something like a book cover, so it's so like not really comic related, mm. you can she's one of those artists where when you look at it, you know you're looking at Claire's art exactly yeah and it's unmistakable it's unbelievable and so cool and you know like the Scotty Young thing yeah it's it's those people and I like to think I have that sort of I still fight like I have to please everybody you know but you can tell like those people who have it like that that they they're good and also they love what they're doing like you can just tell it's like no they they understand they did that because they wanted to do that they're not trying to draw a certain way to please somebody you know it's just that's just the way they do it so and that actually brings up um, something I wanted to talk to you about anyway, because I love your style, <laughs> and I know that your style is right for certain projects. Oh. And I did talk to um, a creator, and was it him? No, I didn't talk to him directly, but I was talking to a convention organizer, and we were talking about somebody, and I said, oh, yeah, he's really blown up since he started doing those, you know, those cutesy things. Mm-hmm. And I, because I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to talk bad about anybody. Right. Because right. it's not really bad. It's just like, I don't want to, you know, like break a confidence. Right, right. And I said, oh, yeah, he's really gotten, gotten famous off of doing that cutesy stuff. And so this guy, other guy was like, and you know, he hates doing that. Oh, well. Like he just, he did it as kind of a lark for something and people spotted it and circulated it and it was like do me one do me one do me one do this character do this one this one this one and it suddenly became this thing he couldn't rein in and he's like making money from it so it was kind of like ah, okay i can do this and still do like my actual project that i love right yeah you know that's uh, yeah that's it's so hard to turn that down you know oh i'm so i feel so bad for the whoever that is (laughs) Because yeah. I, I understand how that could, there's there's a temptation though. I was like, I could just draw like Lovecraft stuff forever, and people would love me, you know. That's yeah, I, but I don't know anything about love. I mean, I, there's the surface stuff, you know. But if I really got in, I, I could just pick something. It's like I could just do that, and hopefully that would you know, whatever went off. You never know what's going to be your thing, I guess. I guess, and. To an extent, that happens in cosplay, too, where I'll do, you know, I, I've said it before. People are, you know, they, they break out the the stupid, you know, credibility checks on you once in a while for stuff. Like, they'll, they'll be upset if an actor gets cast and he doesn't know, you know, the 50-year history of a stupid character. Right, yeah. It's like, get over it. But, I mean, I've I've made outfits specifically to wear 
for an event or for someone else or to be part of a group um, because someone else asked me to do it. It's, you know, and it's like, I'll research what I can and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to know the 50 year history of something. Exactly. That's when I started doing commissions now. I'm trying to embrace drawing more like me. And because somebody, they wanted a, uh, a supernatural commission. And I'm like, I, I know of the show. I have a Tumblr. I believe me, I know what the fandom is. It pops up all the time. Right. Um, but I don't know them. It's like, do you need, like, any what kind of references and stuff? I was like, generally the way I work is, you know, give me an idea of the characters you want in it, anything specific. But then I'll do, like, some light research of who, that way I'm, I have the right people next to each other and, like, the right people, you know, hugging or fighting or whatever like that. Um, yeah, and and that I imagine that happens a lot. Um, like uh, we have a, a Rat Queens commission hanging up now that you know was one in the fundraiser mm-hmm. that we did, and I had asked Phil Sloan um, like this year with some of the artists, we gave them ideas for what to do so that we weren't getting like just a hundred different Batman pieces or right. uh, you yeah. know Spider Man. Where you know we used to be very specific and only have Wonder Woman, but since we opened it up, then it was like. Ugh, we were getting those stagnant characters again, mm. like like Spider Man. It's like, okay, we know that Spider Man sells, but you know, we want something else. So for Phil, I was like, okay, well, how about Rat Queens? Mm. He didn't know who they were, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So he looked it up. He was just like, hey, this is fun, and he went and he looked it up. Um, but I imagine that happens a lot. Yeah, it's and like, and then people will try to ask me, it's like, hey, do you what about this thing? And this thing? I was like, I don't know. I just did a commission. I don't know anything about it. I just tried to learn a little bit and. Please the person, you know, when I was drawing, I when I, doing free sketches, I was like, can you draw whatever, like some internet meme? And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I live in an age where I have a, a little smartphone or I have like, you know, a mother box yeah. in my pocket. It's like, I could just look it up. If you tell me, you know, what specific, is there a specific version you want? You know, that kind of thing. So. Well, it used to be that you had to send them back out to one of the white boxes. Yeah. Just like, can you be like, go find one. Go find me a reference, you know. Yeah. The only time this happened is like most people are okay with it. Just I draw so like murky <laughs> and like you know watercolory. But there was one kid who was all up into uh, what was it Five Nights at Freddy's, and I drew like the wrong version. He was like, "Can you draw whoever?" And I found a few pictures. Like I drew it, and then he came back around. I was like, "That's fun." Dad was like, "Ah, oh, that looks so great." But he was like, "This is the version from Game Two. Oh, and it like Game One or or like whatever new version." <laughs> I was like. Oh. It's like, uh, it's free, kid. That's another thing. Free sketches, like, you, you feel a lot better putting out whatever. I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's free. And, yeah. It, and it takes, like, 15 years to actually break in anyway. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it, it also reminds me of something that was recently posted by um, my friend Jamal Eigel, who's with Action Lab Comics. Um. I didn't I didn't read his whole post because I kind of like know what it was what he was going to say mm-hmm. for it. it. He's no longer interested in um, selling artwork from the things that he used to work on with DC. Right. Uh, you know, so he was on Supergirl for a long time and and other characters. He's, he's you know, but and it's not that he won't take a commission of that. Right. He's you know he he's very much open to just still doing commissions of it. But as far as what is on his table, he wants to very specifically only have um, things that he has ownership of or things that he's doing like for Action Lab, where you know that's going to be other Action Lab creators. Right. I, I, um, I'm trying to but, do that now too. Like uh, my commissions, if you've ever followed them, like I try to do things with them now. You know, to draw the things like I want to. It's like. 
Uh, it'll be a monster theme, so monster, I'm very open to that, so like, you know, a man thing, he's a monster, we'll do him, or like, you know, Kirby's a bunch of monsters, because there's, you know, comment people still follow me. Um, but yeah, I, I, the only recently did I do a, uh, I ran a print off of a Batman commission, just because it was a holiday print, and mm-hmm. I needed a little extra cash, and I was like, ah, what do I got? And I was like, well, I don't have time to draw a new one. And I was like, I know this will sell, so I put a print out real fast. But I still cut, every time I put one in the mail, I'm like, I feel a little dirty. I was like, I don't like doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's something that's, it's actually interesting because, you know, people try to get this whole, like, you know, actually make a living off of cosplay. Yeah. And it's like, well, you really, it's really, you really can't. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. You understand what cop, copyright issues are. And because I've had um, several times at the comic shop, parents would ask me if they could hire me for parties. Oh, I'm right. like, no. First of all, I'm not interested. <laughs> um, but everything you said now is wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, first of all, I'm not interested. But second of all, that would actually like violate copyright. I don't own this character. Right. And they were like, they would like give me this puzzled look where, because they would talk to every single other person dressed up there and people would be all excited and go 50 bucks. Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, like, yeah, Yeah, you know, that's why the 501st doesn't charge for their appearances. Right. You know, Uh, speaking of, can can they, can they even go out anymore? Because they're like Disney or something. I was hearing like, they're super strict on them. Like, because now they're official Disney characters and Disney has a strict in character policy or something like that or yes and i kind of had a feeling that would happen because i know that disney has sent cease and desist letters to cosplayers and costume makers before like people who actually do you know like will sell commissions of you know whatever on ebay um but when it comes to the star wars franchise lucasfilms had always been really great with them right and you know, there there were always restrictions when it came to like a big formal event. If they were going to do something with a lot of TV coverage, mm. they'd want uh, they'd want say like all the stormtroopers to kind of be within a height range. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, Jawas needed to be a certain height range because there's actually like somebody who dresses up as a Jawa and he's like really tall. <laughs> um, like if I showed up as a Jawa, I was like, I'm a, yeah, I'm a Jawa so, too. Yeah. So when it came to official events that they were, you know, that was somehow tied to a promotion there would be more restrictions and now with disney they um they can't have weapons oh oh, wow for at least a period of time and i don't know if it's only until like you know the time runs out of uh promoting the movie because i mean the movie's going to come out in a second but um you know and that's actually a policy that we had too not with the, our star wars guys but the gi joe's finest yeah because their weapons were really different looking they didn't right. they, they look... don't like they look like real weapons they don't look like sci-fi mm-hmm. weapons you know i mean like you know like i can tell the difference between a lightsaber and you know yeah yeah e- even like the the classic star wars weapons were based on actual like world war ii guns they, they put enough little doodads and cylinders and stuff all over them to you, you could tell it wasn't like a real gun so to speak yeah, and unfortunately, it's with um, you know, with some of the franchises and some of the characters, they are made to look more realistic and more tactical, and mm. you know, with a fantasy flair to them. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like with all the the bandoliers filled with bullets mm. and stuff like that, and so, um, 
you know, so we actually had some guys back out because they're like, well, we would just look like guys in, in you know, BDUs then. Yep. Like, we wouldn't look, we wouldn't look right, like right. anything. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's, you know, because if you have something, like, there's a dude who would walk around Comic-Con as Mr. T, and he had, like, this giant ass, like, six-foot-long <laughs> bazooka. Oh and it's like, okay, so you're kind of just going to assume that that's ridiculous and fake. Yeah. Or at least whatever. Not working. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so unless it was something like that, we, you know, we would kind of just be like, if you guys want to do photo ops, because that was always a big thing at, at the comic shop was we would try to get photographers too. leave them in your car, take them out for your photos, mm. but don't stand in front of the shop with weapons. Gotcha. Like that's kind of, that's just kind of our thing. So, um, We've never, you know, we've never encountered a problem. We also asked for no slave layers every year. Oh, thank because... you. I, I am so sick of seeing that. This is, you know, a little, I, <laughs> I know, yeah. I know a rabbit trail. Just like, you know what? It's not, that's not cool anymore. It's not there. It's, I, you know, I support not putting it on the merchandise because it was literally the only fucking version of Leia you could ever get. Uh, if you could get her at all. If you could get her at all. Like I went to, I've tweeted this. I was like, I was at a Disney store, like maybe a month, maybe last month. And they had all this like new Star Wars stuff coming out and like the little tiny, little BBC things are super detailed now. It's like, oh, look at this classic series, and there's like all my favorite Chewies, and there's like one Leia, and it's the Slave Leia version. And I was like, I don't want that one. She's... No, I want, a, I want like the, the I don't, any of them. Just give me any other version. Anything else? That's just it. It's like she wore so many different things. Like she, like Han wore the same fucking thing all the time. <laughs> and I've got five versions of him. Yeah. Like she changed. She had a wardrobe change like every other scene in a movie. Exactly, and that's what was ludicrous. It's like so you swap her out of of a toy pack to put in like random Tie Pilot or or random generic Stormtrooper, and you have zero Leia presence at all. So that's you know, so it was one of those things where um, it's like yes, we understand that Leia is like you know the most badass female character. Um, it's you know, it's not that we weren't saying that we just had a had to take our own stance with with the imagery of it. Yeah, because that's not. You may wear that outfit to be empowered, but she was put in that she, outfit. She was put in that, and that's just it. Like she was put in this outfit. It is a slave's outfit. We do not want to. If she wasn't like think of her this way, escaping, I think she probably would have grabbed a curtain or something. It's like I'm going to be in here for a minute. Let me just cover this up because I do not like this. Yeah. So I mean, I know Carrie Fisher has talked about it, and she thinks it's really empowering. She's like, oh, look what she did in that outfit, and it's because she was in that stupid outfit. Right. And, you know, I think she's kind of like balanced the line with it, and that's that's all we've tried to do. You know, I think she's she's like she is saying, like, there's nothing wrong with wearing it, but in this particular instance, she was captured and against her will made to wear that. It was like I'd be pushing. It's like, can I get the version of me when I had a gun and I was running down the hallway trying to save you know our friends and stuff like that? Here's the thing. Here's the thing about about you know a real life person and this outfit. Not only was it Princess Leia being forced into the outfit, it was Carrie Fisher forced into that outfit. And she was told by George Lucas that she was fat at age 19 or 20 and needed to lose weight. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because they want to hire Jodie Foster. (laughs) And it's like, you have got to be kidding. And, uh, you know, so there you can see it, you know, from one film to the next, the the change in her. Um, you know, Jennifer Lawrence has probably gone through the same fucking shit, you know? And, uh, you know, so it's like, there's more 
to the slave Leia outfit and just like, oh, but she killed Jabba. Yeah. Like, there's there's more there. So especially when we were doing events with, you know, where there's going to be kids around, you don't know if the wind is going to fly up your skirt. Right. You know, I mean, it's just a loincloth. It's not like it's a big You're right. skirt. Or if, if, oh. or if she owned it, if like the rest of the turn of the Jedi is like, you know what? I like this outfit. I'm going to rock this for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Let's go beat up the Empire in this, you know? Yeah, it's... So it's just, you know, plus, uh, you know, our events, we had a lot of them during really cold weather. Sometimes oh, it was beautiful yeah. weather, but sometimes it was really cold. And even me, you know, in my Wonder Woman outfit, there were times when I was freezing my butt mm-hmm. off. So, um... So as far as the the copyright goes, it's oh, yeah. I don't I do know prop makers who, uh, you know, they make the armor, they make the Slave Leia outfit, or they, they you know they vacuum the stormtrooper armor and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they're still doing that. Right. Like I don't think anybody has been shut down from that. But so the only restriction that I've heard so far is about the weapons. Yeah. Huh. Um. So sorry, that was a long tirade about Star Wars. Yeah, I could go on forever. There's a guy who wants to do like a Star Wars podcast or something. I was like, don't get me started, please. I have so many. I I, I was explaining to somebody. I couldn't give a straight answer. I walked in. It was like, "Hey, do you like Star Wars?" And I was like, him and Holland. I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. That's uh, the thing here. And then somebody else, another artist, came in. It's like, "Hey, this guy likes Star Wars, right?" And it's like, "I love Star Wars." I was like, I can't give a straight answer like that anymore. It's, it's almost yeah. like I've had a breakup. And so, I'm, <laughs> and so, and but like it's coming, and like I'm going to be drawing live at a, a theater here next week or whenever the movie you know premieres. And um, so I, I dug out my old Han Solo officially licensed Lucasfilm vest. Uh, still had that. It's like so I'm trying to embrace it, and it's almost like trying to work with your ex or something. It's like we had a really bad breakup, but we're, kind, <laughs> but we're still friends. They, they seem to be better now. I don't know what they were going through at the time. I don't know what drugs they were on, but I think they cleaned up their act. <laughs> they're, they're, they, they've dropped whoever that guy they were with uh, at that one time. Um, so. It's. I'm, I'm trying to learn to love it again. I don't think I'll ever be into it. It's just as hardcore because I keep finding things like this is super violent and why are we all fighting each other? And it's like it's more. I've found more in Star Wars of like you know if you get rid of all the religions in this movie, things would have ran better because it seems like the Senate had things going, and then the Emperor came in with you know, the, the Force stuff, and I was like, so is Star Wars saying that religion is the cause of our problems? But I can't say that to when I'm drawing like you know. Ewoks for nobody. Well, Ewok kids don't want Ewoks. Like, who do they want? They want Darth Vader's marketing. Darth Vader. Yeah. He murders people left and right, just constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's, kids love Darth Vader. It was like, but he's but same with the Joker. Doesn't matter. Same with the Joker. Oh, I, I don't. The Joker and Harley Quinn are on everything, yeah. and it's like. It's like, I don't know what versions you guys were reading, but yeah, I mean, the Joker's a mass murderer. Maybe you could get past maybe like the 80s and stuff like that, or, you know, like when he was a fun clown, when he was like helping, you know, the penguin. Fun. That's the thing, like, they, that's why I compare everything to the animated series with Batman, oh, right, right. because it's like the best. Because it's like, you know, nobody really died, I don't think. No, there was actually... something implied. I mean, they had like the Joker smile thing. So as far as you know, they were in a coma. Like their face was just frozen. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't so... like, he. there was no episode where the Joker cut his own face off and mm-hmm. then had it sewn back on somehow. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how that works. Yeah, that's, gross. That's not how... Or other... Other people wearing other people it. wearing the Joker face, you know, for kids. And now when you go to Barnes and Noble, you can get like that story collected with your own rubber Joker face to wear around. That's fun. Ugh, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, but this, it's funny, you know, thinking about this and copyright because, um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I was uh, I was just modeling a few days ago, 
And after the morning class of figure drawing, they were actually going to have a workshop on copyright and I couldn't be there. I had to actually leave, but I would have loved to have sat through it. But a friend of mine, Joe Sergi has written a book about uh, comic law for creators that's out now. So people can go check that out, but it's really funny because, and and I rock and ironic, I guess that, uh, you know, talking about star Wars that now I have my new shirt to wear for whenever I get to the movie Uh and it's a red bubble shirt. It is not officially, (laughs) you know, kind of like, it's not really violating copyright because all it says is I love you, but it's the star Wars font. Yeah. It's just enough. I remember, you know, Oh, I had yeah. a friend. It's like they don't really make this. So because they don't really make it, I had to go to somebody else. Yeah, it's a gray area. It's like it's not a bootleg because nobody else makes this. But at the same time, yeah. I know what they're doing. You know, it's yeah, it's not like somebody took Greg Hiddleston's art and put it yeah. on a T-shirt that they sold it's for themselves. It's almost parody, but not quite. I don't know. I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, there, well, there's a couple. They work uh, as a uh, they're acrobats at uh, at Ren Fairs. And they're they're on the road like you know eleven months out of the year, so they've never get to go to any kind of comic convention, though they love gaming and that kind of culture. Um, but recently, they got to go to the NC Comic Con for like one evening, and before like she hung, they hung out with us, and she was like, um, "So how do you get like how does the copyright work? How do you like how do you draw? How do you legally draw a picture of Batman and sell it?" And I was like. Again, it's going to everything we've talked about. It's like, yeah, there's gray areas. Uh, if you're small enough, they don't sue you and things like that. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And then I saw her after she got back from the convention. It was like, apparently copyright doesn't exist because she was coming from an outsider and just looking at it strictly as a business. And I was like, everybody is selling everything. There's like T-shirts and stuff. I don't think anybody owns. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's 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 one big gray mass at a comic convention. Yeah, it's Everyone's selling commissions and original arts and stuff like that of things they don't own. And any any lawyer, if they really just wanted to make a, they could probably shut them down. So and anyway, it, it was fun to have an outsider just come in straight to a convention and look at everything happening and be like, "Oh, this is it's lawless. It's a wild west out here, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> Comics are the wild west. Yeah. Like, little little bit dystopian too. A little like, bit, yeah. Every man for themselves. Um, so let's, you know, get back to the, the tip jar philosophy yes. here, because, um, one of the things you do, obviously like Patreon is the online tip jar mm-hmm. that we both use. Um, but you all, you know, the festivals and things that you do, you're not doing like New York comic con and C2E2, like you're doing like, not yet. Cool, I, I cool bas- festivals. Well, basically I just hang out at uh, the Lawndale shopping center. That's <laughs> where Acme comics and they have a side store Acme comics presents, um, uh, there's a Geeksboro, which is a coffee house cinema. That's you know, it's full of. Like, they have a TARDIS in there, and they they show all sorts. Of, Sarah Donner plays there uh, a couple of times a year. Um, of course, is darling, yeah. and we love her. And she, has, and she has a Patreon too. If you didn't know, it, she just launched. She just Patreon, launched it, so. and it's great. It's about saving kittens and stuff. So look up. Her kitten videos are fantastic. Oh, I, love it. I I didn't mean to, but I made her cry because when one of her Aww. kittens had passed away, like I saw that. Yeah, it was one of the ones that we were all like cheering for, and then it passed. And like I, for my own therapy, I drew my characters, and they found a little kitten, and um, he got in that show. Like I had an art show at Geeksboro, and she was coming. It was like, hey, there's uh, the picture there, and I told her the story, and she kind of cried a little bit. And then like the next morning. Before she left, the owner was like, hey, you can go. I told her she could have it but uh, whenever it came down, but he went ahead and took it down for her and gave it to her. And it was like, she was crying. So I was like, oh. So it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. I was like, from across the internet, I, barely, I mean, I've talked to her maybe 20 minutes combined in the last two years that I know her. Um, 
but just like how like two people can connect now over you know arts and creativity and just the internet and things like that that was that was fun well you had you had another kitty saving kitty attempting to save moment recently too and i know that you you know just like sarah uses her her art and music to help with kittens and, and kitten rescue and stuff. So do you, and you know, once in a while there's a vet bill to be paid, right. you know, that's, that's what you go to. You do what you got to do. Yeah. And you know, so just, unless you're going to cry, yeah. <laughs> can you, can you share the story of the, the yeah, little the guy that you just helped? Um, yeah. A couple tried to help. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were out walking my wife and, uh, and, uh, we saw a, a little gray cat and it, there's kind of the, uh, like a wooded area behind our apartment between another apartment. There's like some feral cats there. And my wife thinks she has no white and likes to go up to every animal and uh, try to pet them. And I was like, leave the cat alone. It's, it's fine. It's just one of those feral. It's like, no, I think it has a collar. Uh, before she get close, it like jumped off. Uh, so the next morning I'd gone down to the gym and I didn't see a cat there. But when I was coming back next to my apartment stairs in the grass. And it was like, I think it was like close to 40 or maybe less than that. That morning there was that a little gray cat laying there. And I'm like, is that the same one? And, but it, it looked like it was dead the way she was laying, but I got a little closer and she kind of moved. And I like said, kind of talked to it a little bit and it started meowing and like crying in pain and not just like a meow, just like, a, it, it really, I'm not gonna try to do the sound. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, it really hurts. So we gathered it up. Uh, I got like a large towel. I thought I could, you know, it might try to attack me, but she was so out of it. I could, she was a limp. I picked her up, got her to the vet. Uh, and like, she didn't have a registrable ter- temperature at all. Like he tried two thermometers just to make sure the first one wasn't broke. But like I, he said, I can't get anything on her. It turned out she had a flea collar that it looks like she tried to get out of, but you know, like her arm kind of came through it and it was embedded in her armpit. Uh, and not only was that going septic, but since it was a flea collar, the chemicals are going straight in her blood, which was giving her the convulsions and things like that. Um, so anyway, we tried to find it had a chip, but the chip wasn't registered to anyone. It was still at the shelter. So I don't know. I guess no one ever registered it or it got out somehow. And um, uh, so we tried to find the owner. We did like the blood work on it. It was 50 50 if she could make it. And it would have been a grand just that for one day, just to, just to get her back to, you know, close to 50, 50. Um, so we had to make the call of just like, well, she'll, you know, we'll let her pass. Uh, so they brought her back in, they had her set up and it's like, she was not crying anymore. She was a very peaceful, she was still really cold. Um, uh, but we still had her lapped up in the towel and, you know, we were there when she passed and held her and everything. So I just couldn't walk past and just let something die or just immediately bring it in to like, here, kill this, you know? So, I, I'm not. I'm not a hero. I'm not. You know, it's, it's a story we did. You tried. We yeah. Tried. You tr- I mean, you tried, and like you said, there is already a huge expense, even with with how much that you did. Yeah. You know, have done. I think. And I think the you- bill at the end of the day was like five hundred dollars or something like that, or close to it. And I was like, but I didn't even think twice about it because I was there for something that would have died, poisoned, in pain, in the cold. And I was like, that's not how I want to go. The, like, the best thing you can hope for, no matter how much money or how much famous you are, the best thing you can do in life is hope that I die peacefully, you know? Yeah, like that, in that way, with people around, you yeah. know, showing you some love. Um, And then you made a painting of her. Yeah, I did a little painting. That was, again, my little therapy of just, you know. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> 
So that's how that's how you get through. And you've got critters at home. So. Yeah, we we have the two, which we hugged way too much that when we came back, and then he bit me. So I was like, I hate all cats. Oh, yeah, but we love them, and it, you know, it's really super cool when it something you know something artistic came out of something so sad. Yeah, that's you know, I'm. I'm that's yeah, that's all you can do is just, that's what art and stuff is like you have to deal with things and you try to express yourself a certain way and um I didn't post that painting for sale like I had never uh posted the uh the one I gave to Sarah for sale like I I didn't put it anywhere it it just happened to be in the stack of paintings I was showing the guy for the show and he's like I want to put this one up I was like okay but I put not for sale on it and so I was like oh Sarah's coming I can actually just hand it or give it to her so that was you know a nice little kind of therapy for me too to like here's a thing you made me this is how I felt better and you know so oh that's good that's good and I'm sure she loved uh, it yeah she did and like she started crying and like hugged me and then I was like I'm, I'm sorry I didn't mean to make you cry <laughs> I was like, yeah I saw a tweet yeah. that was like Thomas Bowery is making me cry and I'm like uh oh what did he do <laughs> what have I done what, what don't I do so um yeah, so you do these cool live demonstrations though too. And how did you how did you get that gig? And what exactly? Um, I've done like you know, live I've done like live painting and stuff like that because Acme and like some Acme Comics and like some of the like a couple of coffee shops and things like that have been like trying to support Greensboro is really cool for art in general. Um, and so I don't really do comics anymore. Like I haven't done my own book in like forever. And so I basically I just draw now, and I, I'm comfortable like setting up drawing live. And so it's like, hey, come do some live arts, you know, like that. So I just really enjoy doing that. Um, like I did, like, uh, like if there's going to be an event one day, I'll, I'll the first thing I'll ask, like, hey, do you want me to come draw for free? And then you can uh, raffle the picture or burn it. I don't care. I'll just you know I'll put out a tip jar while I'm there and talk to people as they come by and tell them who I am. I hand out flyers and was like, "Hey, for a dollar a month, go to my Patreon. You know, you don't have to buy anything from me. Just give me a dollar." And what changes are you making or working on for the new year for your Patreon? Because I'm changing mine drastically. I've tested it out this year to see, um, you know, how I could even what it would even do for the show. Right. And so I'm definitely making a big change. I'm going from doing uh, the tip based off of per episode i'm doing it per month yes. and basically you can do the exact same amount of money right and I, ju I just think that maybe it was a little bit more confusing with the per episode say you only want to spend a dollar a month then you would um put in your pledge for a dollar and then max it out at a dollar right. so it would only go through once and it wouldn't go through the other three times mm -hmm. that that month um because it's only charged once so they just add it all up at the end of the month. And right, it. right. So I think that even though the, you could do max budgets, I, I think maybe it just wasn't working as well. And I think, um, and it almost sounds terrible. It's like you, like you post all the time. Like you, you, I do, you, you yeah. constantly have a lot of stuff going on. You're always, you're, you're reporting and talking to people all the time. Um, I think the per uh, creation works better. Like if you're making short films, like, you know, you put out something, every couple of months or like you're working on um i don't know like you're making a long form movie or something and you're gonna post a scene as you go or like uh sarah donner's i think is uh per creation but she's gonna do it like per video or i think it's what she's putting out sure some people do like per song per song and things like that so it might it might take time to arrange a song or like i know she one of her goal uh reward thing not rewards uh one of the goals 
is to uh, to do a Broadway cover album, but she needs to buy the rights to those songs or to rearrange them or to make those CD to do that. So that's what, that's where her money is going towards. So when you whatever song she puts out, she gets all that money. She can use that money to uh, pay for the next creation and so on and so forth. But I think for like me and you who are constantly like posting stuff that we're doing and just trying to stay in the eye of like, you know, whoever you talk to, um, whatever thing has set you off on Twitter, <laughs> just, uh, like whatever I felt like drawing that day, just, you know, that kind of thing. It just, I think it works better just monthly. Just here's one payment to cover all my nonsense. Yeah. So I think um, even though to me, I thought that it seemed more fair to do per episode, um, because I was like, that way, you know, you're only tipping if you're getting something. Right. Like in return. Like I wanted to make sure that you felt like you were getting right. something. And I think, I think generally just the way – because you're also running everything off of your your own website too. And so I think the Patreon right. for you will – I think it will work better to be like you're supporting me in creating this lifestyle. Here's a little window into the, the, to the thing that is me. You know? Yeah. And um... – I, so I went through and I checked other people who do blog sites mm. and podcasts and, uh, you know, and I noticed they were all set up as a per month uh, pledge platform. And so that's so I'm like, OK, and they don't even have have rewards the same way that I do. Like I have, you know, I, I was doing rewards like I made the basically the and I admit admittedly so I'm not a professional voice actor, but, you know, an, a, an audio recording of one of my books. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so that I was doing as a reward mm -hmm. just for, for the Patreon, the patrons, patrons and then patrons. And then as soon as they had an opportunity to listen to it, then I released it for the general public. So I'm just going to probably do away with that kind of right. stuff um, um, and do, do, you know, do different sort of, you know, that way rewards just come out once in a while and not, not like, oh my God, if I, you know, putting so much pressure on myself, like, oh, it needs to be $25 per episode. And then I absolutely must adhere to this thing that I committed to. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is I'm trying to get away from like, right now I only have the one, but the, my $13 level is like for $13, I have 13 people that I make something for. That sounds very easy to do per month, but it, it it's become a lot of like, uh, I'm going to double up your guys. <laughs> How do you get to it this month? I'll get to it, you know, the next month, especially with the holidays and all. I think for Halloween, I kept getting so far behind. I think they had like three months come to them all at once. Um, and then like, yeah, I, de I definitely don't want to mail stuff out. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one thing. The, you know, I, I have comics and other things that I could I could do as hard copy rewards. I'm like, Ugh, no, no, just... that is way too much a hassle. I've been looking at like, you know, the same thing. Like, what are other people doing? Uh, ben Templesmith just started his up. And that that's a dude that I am like, I so much admire. Like, I always liked his art anyway. But then just him as, as I go along, the more you learn about him, the more his career goes forward. Just the more I expect everything he's doing, like for San Diego Comic-Con, he, he doesn't join that convention. He sets up across the street at a bar for his like SquidCon. And so like he, he he's cool with the uh, the owners and everything. He's like, hey, I want to buy beers. And it's like, come over here if you want to meet me, you know, uh, buy something from the bar. And like, you know, I'll sketch for you. I'll talk to you as long as you want, you know, but he's having his own little convention across the street. And so he's gotten away from drawing. I think he even has like his rule too, where he doesn't want to do any commissions or sell any art that's not his. And um, he started like his webcomic uh, is just through mainly through Patreon. 
but like his pledge levels are like you get all previews for stuff and you don't get anything till down to like um so i'm looking at it now uh it's like the 15 dollar level and that's when you get a print um but I, and I think that is only part of if he reaches a certain like one of his goals is like he'll start doing the prints when he makes so much money a month, which he may have got to. Oh, it's the um, it's the prints. It's three thousand dollars per month. They're like I'll design a new print and all patrons at the five dollar level. Okay, we'll get complimentary uh, prints. Um, and that's that's pretty sweet and that's reasonable. But that's you know three thousand dollars a month is pretty much making at, at least depending where you live, right? Some kind of living. He's already right now. I'm looking. He's already at eighteen sixty. Yeah. You know, but you know, take but out fees and stuff like that. And and yeah, I was gonna say that's that doesn't include, by the way, taxes. Taxes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not I'm not at the level where I need to be concerned with taxes because I know you, uh, there's like an IRS yeah there, minimum. Yeah, there's a form make, like, before you. They're even like, don't even waste our time we don't the paper to this is you know <laughs> yeah costs more than so, your prints here yeah so uh, you know at that point you, this is freelance work essentially uh, yeah, you're yeah. working for yourself and so you need to be responsible for your own taxes you have your taxes you have the fees that come out of patreon uh if you have it sent to you via paypal they take out a little bit too um so i think where where's mine i'm at mine says 277 i think i cleared about 220 or 230 yeah, so I've I've been really happy with it, even though there's been just some growing pains and some tweaks and stuff. Um, but overall, it's been uh, it's been a full time job, mm-hmm. even though it's not full time income for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, but I think you figured out. I was I was telling you about uh, this podcast uh, lore. It's uh, and what he does is his rewards are. Let's see, what does he have? A one, a five, and a ten dollar. Uh, the one dollar is just like. You get a PDF transcript because he basically like puts together a little presentation about whatever, uh, not quite horror or like folklore topic topic. Um, and then the five dollar pledge is you get a mini episode. Like usually his episodes run about thirty minutes, uh, and they're and they're biweekly. So on the off week on his Patreon, he posts like a little five or seven minute, a very under ten minute little episode about something. So it's something that's not completely researched. It's like, hey, here's a little thing. It's still the same format as the show, but it's just like a little mini version of it. So that could be something you could look into doing of like whatever, if you cut out something here or like you could like whatever guest is like, Hey, what tell us a story that we'll put just for Patreon only for like, you know, five minutes or Hey, do you know a joke? <laughs> just something, just something to put in between that's only for the patrons that could help for you. And it's something you, yeah. you don't have to mail out. You just post it and be like here patrons at this level, you get to listen to this, this thing. That no one else gets to listen to because I didn't pay for it. You're right. So that well, that's what I did with the audiobook right. is I released that based on you know per chapter, mm-hmm. and uh, so for as they were rolling out, it was only the backers that you know yeah. theoretically could access it. Um, because what I you know what I would do is I would have it on my own site with a password. Right. So every week that I was or yeah I did weekly so every week that I put something out I you know I gave the password yes. and updated the the list and you know it was basically like an achievements were unlocking yeah, yeah, as yeah. you went along but um another friend of mine Elsa Henry has has uh, started her her Patreon too so um she's been on the show a couple of times uh, talking about different disability issues and being a creator so her um her columns for like uh, 
Blind Lady Versus. Mm-hmm. She talks about gaming as having, you know, having different uh, physical challenges there. But uh, one of the websites that she primarily writes for is Feminist Sonar. So that's, I think, her and a, and a business partner run that site. So she has a, a her own Patreon, too, that, that just launched. So her goals are... Um, also, like, not things that are mailed yeah, out, yeah. you know, like uh, for $10 a month, doing a, a Google Hangout to do a Q&A with her for $50 a month, picking one of the games mm-hmm. that she plays and will um, do a, a critique about and stuff. So, um, you know, but then there's there's a reason that, we, you know, people might wonder, well, why do we need to, to fund you or something like that? It's like, well, you know for me right now, it's my job and I have web, I have web hosting to pay for. Um, there's always software upgrades and hardware upgrades, which is a big thing right now. I've been fortunate that my hardware upgrades have been uh, gifted. (laughs) My, my, yeah, my computer is basically as far as it's going to get. And like, uh, I got, there was some kind of deal. However, my wife did it. Like we got like, you know, a new phone for like, I think it was a dollar or free, however it works. So I got a brand new iPhone 6s like, Hey, so I come home and I put it in my old Mac and it says, your phone is now up to date. And then immediately it says your phone no longer works with this version of iTunes. I was like, who's what? And it like kicked it off. And you know, I was like, what, what, what's happening? And I was like, so I tried to update iTunes. It's as up to date as it can be. And then I tried to call. It's like, well, it's your uh, operating system it's too old i was like can i buy a new one and then the guy looked at my model he was like nope your computer is too old to even run the least version that we need to get your phone to work toward it's like oh so my, my phone is just i mean the my computer is just too old here so that that was that's the first time like like technology like a hardware has caught up to me i'm just like oh i can't be in the future now <laughs> Yeah, that's well, that's happened to me before when it was because I was making videos all the time and building up, you know, really more of my audience, the bulk of my audience had been on YouTube. Mm. And then I had to get a newer version of Windows and Movie Maker is now no longer free. And I was really comfortable with Movie Maker. It's, you know, it's kind of a bare bones thing, but it did what I needed it to do. And I tested out, I'm like, okay, well, if that's going to cost me money, let me see what other software is out there. So I tested things like, you know, Premiere, which was like monstrous mm-hmm. um, and a couple other things. I ended up with some sort of like generic thing called AVS for you. And it um, it's cheap. It works. It's, you know, it's not fabulous, but I can cut you know i can put in some intro music mm-hmm. i can put in some some credits at the end yeah that, that's and, you need but, just you a know. level of professionalism to not wear it's just like your cell phone picture you know it's like am i watching a snuff film a port- what am i looking at and i was like oh it's comics so right. Like, right and some people do that though some people just shoot stuff with their webcam and they don't really seem to have much editing at all and that's their the way that a lot of the comic book podcasts are done too they just kind of mm-hmm they put the music in and out as they're actually recording, but they don't then go back and edit, edit anything. Huh? So, you know, when it comes to my audio and my video, I make a, more of a production effort right. than, you know, so this, all this stuff takes time anyway. And I just, I want people to know that. Or so even, even like if it's like, it might be overkill. Like you could probably get away with like, you know what? I'm just going to record this and stick it up. But it comes a time of like, you know, what if you do get retweeted by the right person and then suddenly like you've got, I don't know, 50,000 followers in a week 
And then it's like, oh, I need to. Good thing I've already been learning how to do this, and I already have something of a professional show to follow me. You know, or well, that would be great. Yeah, that would. So far, um, I don't think anybody famous has retweeted me, but I have liked my stuff before or responded to me. In particular, the cast from Siren. Oh, really? Just this little sitcom on cable that freaking is one of the best things. It cracks me mm-hmm. up. Um, I love the show because it's diverse in um like it's yeah it's like got a lot of white guys in it but it's got a couple uh characters who are people of color and they've got sexuality differences in their characters Mm -hmm. which is not something you often see um and it's you know and even though there's like romance it's you know in there a little bit it's mostly about the comedy so i you know i wrote about sirens a couple of times and they i guess the mere mention of it or i don't know if i hashtagged it or however but like a couple of the actors would tweet back to me and i was like this is amazing (laughs) keep doing what you do (laughs) you know like hey love your work like i don't know i don't want to be like insane stalker yeah what do you say that's the one reason i I, when i go to conventions i was like hey that person i like their stuff and i was like you should go talk to them and like what do I say other than like you do good at what you do? Please do more. Do please. <laughs> like, yeah, right. exactly. Please do more good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, you know, it's a fun thing. So nothing has, uh, you know, taken off yet. Like Will Wheaton has not uh, retweeted me. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe someday. Yeah, someday. Not like, not like for my friends. I get, I do get jealous. I do. I really do. I admit it. I know it's awful. I know you shouldn't compare yourself to others. Do, do you know, like, and it might be insulting to some of the people I follow. Please don't, anybody who's listening, don't take it this way. But there are some people I've, I'd unfollow just because of how bad they make me feel with how, like, good they are. They are. Oh, yeah. No, I've done that. And, well, luckily, um, it's dependent on, I guess, which version of Twitter you used or which kind of operating system or app or whatever mm-hmm. other people had the mute feature before i did uh-huh. and same thing with facebook like now you can be friends with somebody on facebook but you can unfollow oh, yeah, you them can so follow you know. them too without even like being their friend and things or you can follow and follow right? yeah, yeah, so, vice versa so yeah so there are people that i love i absolutely love them i think of them as friends but i can't see how wonderful their lives yeah, are yeah I, I can't take this you know <laughs> I just, i'm like i'm really sorry but you're working for xyz studio and your life is great, <laughs> and you're getting married, and um, you know it, it was just one of those things. Where I'm like, no, I love you, but I can't follow. Yeah, because uh, my wife would be like, hey, did you see that thing Scotty Young drew? I was like, nope, did not. It's <laughs> like I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, like, I just uh, just know he's doing something very, very well, and lots of people like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it is. Don't it's like don't don't take it the wrong way. Yeah. But <laughs> and if I am following you, I might think you're really good too. You know, it's just some people get to me than others. Like Claire, I follow. But Claire does that to me too. Like I can find something from Claire Connolly and just like I just I want to cut my hands off. Like I should not use these. I'm not. I am not an artist. But then she says the same thing back to me. It's like I don't understand. So. Yeah. No, you guys are ridiculous. You're both <laughs> wonderfully talented. So it's awesome. You should both be there, and you should both be making making a living doing what you do. Whatever that that definition is for you, whatever making a living is, if it means doing it for free, then yeah. Fine. We're, we're just at slightly two different points career wise because I'm like I've already been through it and, and, and I'm, I'm cynical and jaded. <laughs> it's just like no, we got to keep going. <laughs> I was like no, come sit, <laughs> sit here with me and complain. Don't do anything. It's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's if you only if you had to only work shitty jobs like in retail or in warehouses or at a desk. <laughs> 
because you choose to, You're right. as opposed to because you absolutely have to, mm. then uh, that makes all the difference in the world. I think. I think. I think. But anyway, yeah, well, it's, are... it's always tempting to like, you know what? If I just had a day job where I could just go in for however many hours and then just walk away and they give me a paycheck every week, that'd be great. Yeah. Instead of like dealing with everything that you deal with creatively and then like, because I've tried to explain to people, it was like, oh, I wish I could work from home too. It was like, no, you don't because you can go to your job and like you can slack off or not slack off, you know, but you know, you can spend a little extra time at the coffee maker or, you know, shop on Amazon for part of the morning and still get paid. Like you're, you're there. And like me, if, if we do that, uh, that's time that we're not creating. And if we're not creating, we have nothing to sell. And if we're not selling, we can't buy life or, you know, we can't live. Right. Well, that's true. So I was the book that I'm working on right now. Um, I, I had to, I was doing it during the, the national novel writing month challenge. So if you guys are regular listeners to the show, you've heard me talk about it a billion times. I've never heard you Um, mention that once. No. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So anyway, so I was trying to keep up a a daily word count in order to meet the challenge. And since the book's not done, I'm still trying to maintain some kind of word count, even, you know, but I I took a few days off and 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 didn't have any, have any words that day. There were no words. So, um, but I'm still working on the book and it's one of those things where you have to realize, uh, Hey, there's, you know, there might, you might need a sick day or you might need a sick week. Like I know three people with pneumonia right now. I, I just got over, I didn't have pneumonia, but I had a cold last week and as tight as everything is. And like, as much as I owe people and like the commissions I need to get to, I could not work and it, and it hurt. <laughs> so I just, I, I played video games for the first time in years and like a week, I almost had to take off. Right. And, it, and holidays. Then. And the holiday. Yeah. And it's like, even if you don't holidays, celebrate them, it's like, you can't do anything. Like there's like, Everything's closed, so you couldn't go anywhere. It's it's it's, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So there, you know, people might get the wrong impression of of what it means. Honestly, my my house has never been cleaner. Right. right. <laughs> um, because you can always tell when I'm should be writing because I'll be um you know like dusting, vacuuming today. Today was vacuuming and dusting. Yesterday was laundry. Right. Um, usually it's like it's like well my bathroom is now spotless. Why? Because I should have written a whole chapter and didn't. I can't be writing <laughs> if the bathroom is dirty. I'll go yeah, clean like, that and then I'll come back around. It's like oh wait now the kitchen's a mess. So let me get that first and then we'll get to this yeah. writing, which is very important. But I can't take time to do this with the house like it is. And a lot of times it's ridiculous because it'll worm its way into what I'm what I am writing. Mm-hmm. So my character will suddenly need to be vacuuming or something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's, you know, pathetically folding laundry. That she doesn't want to do. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. But that's so anyways, that's my Patreon changes in a nutshell. Yes. Are you making actual changes? I'm going to. to tr- yeah, I'm going to try to offer more things. Um I did a thing back in August where every weekday I did a theme day. So I had like, uh, like mermaid Monday and I did like Cthulhu's day. I can never say it. I can spell it. Just like Cthulhu and Tuesday. It's like Cthulhu's day uh, and a werewolf Wednesday and a Thursday. Anyway, I want to do a Patreon level where basically you're funding the werewolf Wednesdays and do like a larger piece. So whatever. So you're basically buying a commission and then all at the same time I have, um, it's because there's basically four weeks in every month, so I'll have four spaces and then do like a higher amount, maybe $25, $30 amount, something like that 
if people want to fund that and are you know that way they get whatever because what I did with the the theme days was I drew them all and then offered them for sale later on and then they sold out really well and that did much better than some of my commission sales honestly um and I think about something like that so I'll be mailing something now but it's also it's fueling something I can post so I don't want to do some a lot of commissions are just like hey draw this obscure character for me it's like I love doing that same time you know I need something to put out there that's me so I'm like I want to do this fund this for me i want to find levels like that and more I've, I've started doing a print thing where i can draw it with the like pen like normal then make a copy of that and hand color it so it's still like not a mass-produced print but it's a thing i can make more than one of and then just kind of run some color over it at a lower price of course not like a full commission price so i get like one image per month of like a print still mailing things out but the time to take to make it is not as terrible as like having to mail it and make it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And then well, that's, that's cool. things like that. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to do more video stuff. And so I want to do more posts like that. Um, just to try to find things more. I want to share more basically and make levels to share with, you know, I love your little puppets. Of course. Thank you so much. All your little dolly things. <laughs> yeah, when people say, like, you make puppets? It's like, I make dolls, and I wave them in front of my oh. home. <laughs> in front of my home. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, don't really... I think they're puppets, but at the same time, it's like, they're not that elaborate. Don't don't get any kind of hints and ideas. I, I've just made, like, an elaborate doll that I wiggle. Like, I don't want to call them action figures, because <laughs> they're, they're, like, not action figures. They're not plastic. No, they're, they're, well, they're, I don't know. It's like a craft. They're dolls. I'm playing with dolls. Don't, oh. don't. Don't try to sugarcoat it. I don't. I don't care. I am a grown man, and I am comfortable with myself, and I like to play with dolls. They are fun. That's right. But they're dolls of monsters. No, they're, you know, they're little dead things. They're they're adorable. They. When I get that's another thing I want to do is finally. I wish I could draw the way. I, I mean, I could write the way I draw. Of just like, this is me. Just put it down on paper and move along with it. I was like, if I could write like that, because I'm trying to make it more perfect, or I'm trying to tell something epic. I've had this idea of a Jabberwock adaptation for like two years now that I have not got around to. I don't, because I have like a dozen different ways I'd like to do it. It's like, oh, it, it can make it more special. Like, I don't want to do just a straight adaptation of the the poem. I was like, I could make a statement about war or I could say something about, you know, this and that. So I was like, I need somebody to just smack me in the head and like do this I'm like okay I'll, I'll draw it that way and then then i felt like i could move on and write more things and but the the little dead things and devils and things like that i have a, a vast little backstory to them of like my version of the afterlife and how heaven and hell works for them and things like that um but just what to do with it you know how how interesting would it be to somebody else and also how blasphemous can i be because they're kind of adorable and i think it's like kids might want to read it it's like no they're uh, they're little little devils. They're they're. I mean, they're hard. there is like, but there wasn't there a C C is for Cthulhu book. I mean, there's like kids Cthulhu right, right. stuff. So now, right. Well, the, my vision is is like he one of them. A lot of misconceptions about like who because there's like Lucifer and Satan and all these different versions like that. It's because one of the devils just kind of went around telling stories about stuff. It's almost like the man who would be king, but he meets Solomon and he tells him this is what hell is like and these are all the demons. And, and then, like, there's also a point where they're in the Garden of Eden and they're talking to the snake with Eve there and things like that. And, like, and as if somebody, if a parent sees that or, like, a kid wants it, I was like, eh, I don't know. How do you feel about questioning your faith? Anyway. 
<laughs> it could be good. Be. I think it's good. But make make the kids think. Make them question yeah. things. I think that's awesome. It's not completely blatant, like, this is stupid. Or just like, I just had these little guys kind of roll into a scene. almost like Mr. Peabody and Sherman, but they're just little devils. And they go through yeah. <laughs> just a little biblical stuff. I was just like, well, that was... If they can like, if they can like Hellboy, they can like Okay. Um, so anyway, obviously, if you type in Thomas Boatwright into Patreon, they can find you. But um, it's uh, patreon.com slash Boatwright artwork. I've tried to make there you go. I've tried to make Boatwright artwork whenever I do a new uh, any social thing. I've tried to go with that because I'm trying to separate me from my art more because I have like some personal pages. Yeah. I was like, just go here for the art. I might be talking about something you don't like. I'm going on about Star Wars and how it's actually like an allegory for 9-11 or things like that. Okay. <laughs> So look up Boatwright Artwork Boatwright. and you can find things. And same with uh, the blog spot is boatwrightartwork.blogspot.com. My Facebook, same way, uh, facebook.com slash boatwrightartwork. My Instagram is also boatwrightartwork or Instagram, whatever. Right. And so if you guys have not checked it out yet, there is now an app in both the Apple Store and the Google Store, Google Play Store for Patreon. Yes, I, that's, that's so, the main thing. I actually wanted to talk to you. I was like, it's been like a year and there's no app. And then like the yeah, finally a couple of days before, I was like, hey, uh, there's an app here. Because for somebody like me who kind of lives online off their phone, I don't really turn the computer on too often. Uh, it's so awesome now that I can take a picture and post it straight to Patreon. That's another thing that I think is going to fuel me at least of just like look i can share things with you i don't have to like run it through instagram or things like that just like snap a picture share it and like this is what's happening i can make it patron only and then maybe in a week share it with somebody else you know okay because like working on the desktop version every once in a while it would be really quirky Mm -hmm. like it would it would show me what image it was choosing for a preview image, even if that's not the image I wanted. Right. And then once I hit post, it would be a completely different image. Yeah. And, uh, and also the only thing about the app so far is I haven't gotten messages. Like somebody messaged me about something the other day and I didn't see it in the app. And I've gone back and looked and I can't find a place for the messages. Um, so both the both have their drawbacks, but I think just being able to communicate back and forth. Because right now it's like, I'll turn the computer on post something and then I've got to go somewhere else. I'm going to draw over here. And then like later that day, or I have to check it through the the browser on the phone, which is a mess to try to post something into. So. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I definitely, and it's easier to find people now. And I think just the way it's laid out works better for the phone stuff. I, I think it's going to be, a, it's a very good thing. There's going to be some bugs to work out like any app, but this it's so much easier to to share things and find people now that and that's another thing if if you have like ten dollars to spend on a creator that's great i would almost for me give me one dollar and find none nine other people to give a dollar to the way if we could all support just throw a little bit of money at everybody you like you know and if somebody you like doesn't have a patreon maybe suggest that they do something like that that might work for them so you can if they're saying like they can't make a living doing art, you know, suggest to them different ways. You know, show them maps, show them, share things with them. Sure, and just remember that um, the whole process of art, at least the kind of art that we do, whereas mine's not always art. A lot of times, mm-hmm. I'm just doing op-ed pieces and podcasts like this. That's art. But, I mean, um, you're talking. About it's art. It. It's art. But it's it's yeah, it's a creating of something. But it's not always it's not always fiction, and it's it's not always. If fictional. you're making something nobody asks for, that I think that's art. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm making so the things that we do um, are what they are because there's 
people who are reading it or buying it or listening to it. So make it interactive. Don't forget that that even through Patreon, there's a comment section on our blogs. There's comment sections. You can always reach both of us on Twitter because um, we're usually kibitzing on Twitter. I've been laying off Twitter and Facebook a bit while I'm working on this new book. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm still checking constantly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's hard not to look and just be a creeper. And I realized the other day, it's like, I've barely posted anything, but I've just been... So yeah, busy. it's been really political with all the shootings and things going on. So I've just been kind of, and it's like, whatever. Um, it's like, you, you RT what you can. Mm. And then it's like, I just don't want to go down that rabbit exactly, hole. Yeah. I'm depressed enough, honestly, <laughs> if I take on, if, if I take on too much actual like news out there, it's like, I forget it. I will be in a deep, dark, ugly hole I, that, you know, somebody has to pull me out. Yeah. Of. I with the news. And then, like I said, following people with arts, if I follow, I was like, Oh, look at this person's stuff. And then like in an hour later, I want to die. Like you should be with me in a bookstore. If I go around for a minute, like I get so depressed. <laughs> oh, I understand. I understand. Trust me. <laughs> like I said, I, I have friends who are on bestseller lists and I'm like, please buy my book. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so since it's t- tis the holiday season, um, you know, buy yourself a copy of my my books that are out. There's the different comic books that um, some a lot of them go to charity. There's the Protectors book, which goes to charity, where I have a short story, and it's a lot like, you know, my big project. Tom, Thomas Pluck did all that work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, people like Joyce Carol Oates and Harlan mm-hmm. Ellison and tons and tons of amazing people in that in the Protectors book. So that all goes to charity. And in fact, I think Thomas just sent out a check for nearly $800. Oh, cool. So, um, and then there's my book, My 13 Lessons About Cam Girls, which is, you know, basically learning how to not be a dick on the internet. <laughs> Impossible. That's what, they, that's, what, <laughs> that's what the internet was founded on. You can't go changing this. Yeah. Our, our so, internet founding fathers were dicks. No, wait, hold on. He, you know, <laughs> seriously, if there was ever a manifesto somewhere. Um. But so anyway, so yeah, buy my book, give me royalties, that'd be swell, and make my Yule better. But oh, you know, donate to her Patreon. Give her yeah. To make- I was gonna say ultimately the Patreon's the best way to go because that's a nice perpetual tip jar for me. If you, these people are crafty. They may have already downloaded everything you you've made for free and not given anybody a dime. But but go give that dumb to the the person who created it. If you're against, if you're a pirate, yay pirates! Then give back like Robin Hood. Come on, you know. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Because if you don't, there'll be nothing left to steal. If you take everything, (laughs) I'll keep giving things away for free as long as you pay me to do it. Plus, um, I do have a digital version of the 13 Lessons book. So for the month of December, until I change the reward system and the pledging platform and all of that, until everything changes for the new year, uh, right now, if you become a $5 backer, you get the book for free. So it's just for a book. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a digital version, not the digital uh, still. You know, still. So, um, and and the money goes to you, you know, or after the fees, you know, you get what's left. But still, you're not you're not paying publisher things like that. It's great. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I like the author publishing platform. Poking around to a few other uh, outlets for it because I used CreateSpace Mm -hmm. and Kindle Direct Mm. for the first one. So. Now that I'm looking to get my mystery novels out there, I'm checking into a couple different options. But I still, you know, I'm still kind of leaning towards towards the uh, Kindle. Yeah. Um, just because that was it was super easy to do. Um, and then I will be talking to you actually because I, we need to uh, make the cover 
for the first mystery book because Thomas, if you got, I, I think a few people have probably seen the cover because I've actually posted it finally mm-hmm. for the for the first book. So okay. um, we need to make it so that it appropriately wraps around if there's a hardcover version. Ah. I, I mean, a hard copy version. Gotcha. So we will be doing that. Ooh, I hope, yeah, and hopefully more. There's we have plans. We've had plans for years. Like, hey, we should do this, but neither one of us make enough money to <laughs> take the time to do it. That's true. That's true. So. But guys, thanks for listening, and um, Thomas, thanks, awesome for being here. You know, hey, well, I mean, I, where else would I be? I'm always here for you, Amber. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, there's just so much love here, guys. Uh, so you've put up with us for this long, and now pay us, and we'll shut up. Give us a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, enjoy your Quantana Yulemis, <laughs> um, of whichever you're choosing. Uh, Solstice is coming, so. Um, Find me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber. I'm on Twitter. Some I think I'm T underscore Boatwright, but I may not talk to you. Go find go find Boatwright artwork. I, if go find pictures, I'm out there. Just just find me. Yeah, he's find him more on Instagram. That's that's probably better. But uh, I'm on Instagram too. I think I'm on Am- Amber Unmasked on Instagram. My name is different on every platform. So <laughs> you're um, you're losing that branding. <laughs> yeah. So at least if you go to Twitter, you can just ask me what my uh, username is for whatever. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you.